Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, this is the fourth and final podcast on doxologies. Oh, I hope you've been enjoying them as much as I have. I hope you've been actually replaying them, especially toward the end. Sorry, I keep thinking some of these are going to get short, and they never do. But I can't help myself. I love talking about the Lord, encouraging us to focus on Him and to just meditate on this stuff. But I hope at the end it's focusing on the Lord, thinking about Him and what He's done and what He promises to us. I hope it's been stimulating, provoking, triggering doxology in your heart, the desire to speak or sing praise, thanks, honor, glory to God. Well, this last one is from 1 Chronicles 29. And this is at the point where David now has understood that he's not going to build the temple, but God has told him that his son Solomon's going to do it. Chapter 28 has been a very meaningful passage to me, even kind of behind First Love Ministries, is that when David's reminding the people that God raised up his son to build a temple to the Lord, that I felt that as part of his own call in my own life and heart, that he had raised up First Love Ministries as another voice, as another part of blessing his temple, which now is the church, and set me apart to be one of his messengers to talk about something really important to building up growing, developing his temple, his people, his church. So the passage has always meant a lot to me. And then when it trickles into chapter 29, there's a place in here that we're going to walk through this text where David erupts in in the NIV because it's directed to the Lord. The little title is called David's Prayer. But truthfully, I think it's a doxology. I really, really do that This is David being blown away, and it sits in the middle both of this experience that he has and then his reflection on the other after he says this. We're going to go back and repeat what's called David's prayer, but I'm going to call it David's doxology. We're going to repeat it again at the end. I loved it so much. Years ago, I put it into a song called Yours, O Lord. Someday, hopefully, we'll get it recorded and you'll get to hear it. But nonetheless, it captured my heart years ago. And enough so that I wanted to put music to it because I wanted to sing this doxology, this praise to God, and as it described the wonder of who he is. Well, anyway, so we're going to begin. First Chronicles 29, it says this, Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord God, but for Yahweh God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. And then he lists all these resources of metals and wood and iron and stones, all this crazy stuff. But verse 3, he says, Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. Now, see, as king, he was able to provide things, but somewhere along the line, he is so captivated by God's presence moving from the tabernacle into the temple, and that this temple is going to be the place where God, the king of the universe, is going to come and manifest his presence, make his presence seen, experienced, known, that he would come and dwell there as king in the temple. And he is so excited about this that he digs into his own personal treasury and says, man, for God, I am all in, baby. You can almost see him at a, <laughs> at a gambling table just taking all those chips and putting them out in the middle and saying, it's all his. It's for him. But then at the end of verse 5, he says to them, 
Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Good question, right? Who also is willing to follow my example? Who also is excited about what God's doing? That we'd want to come alongside and not just give a little bit, but that we would dig into our own personal treasury, as it were, our own personal treasures. Actually surrender up treasure because we're so excited about what God's doing, about his temple, and especially presently about his church, about his people, what God's doing in his church. Anyway, just a good question, right? Well, verse 6, it says, Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work. So we're talking leaders of every kind. It says, They gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God. And then it tells all that they did. Verse 9, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. And then it says, and this is why I think it's a doxology, suddenly it says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. This is doxology, folks. This is like, whoa, this is awesome. This is amazing. This project, the willingness of the people, the abundance that has been given, oh God, oh God, oh God, you are awesome and so worthy of this. And so here's what he says. Praise be to you, Yahweh, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Yahweh, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor, they come from you. And you are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Does that sound like Romans 121? Although they knew God, now I'm going to put it in the positive, they glorified him as God and gave thanks to him. Here, David has just articulated who God is and blown away by the wonder of what's happening. And his final words are, now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. I mean, he could have said it now to God, give thanks and praise to his glorious name. To me, it is a doxology. But here's the amazing thing, because now he continues to marvel and revel in what's happening before him. And he keeps this God perspective. And, you know, sometimes we got to remember this. And so here, David, as he's talking to the people and talking to God, the people are hearing this continued. uh, Now it becomes, I think, probably more prayer. Verse 14, he says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Boy, isn't it nice to know that through Jesus and the Spirit, we're foreigners and strangers in this world, but it's to everyone else. We're not foreigners and strangers to the Lord. Our days may, yes, still be a shadow, but they are filled with hope. But David continues, Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. 
I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Isn't that a great line? I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Mm, We need to hear that from the Lord even. Father, say it to us. I, your God, I do test the heart and I am pleased with integrity. It's true. Well, David continues, All these things, Lord, I have given willingly and with honest intent, and now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. What an awesome prayer for a pastor, for a leader, for a king, for any of us. Lord, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. And now again, David erupts into doxology. Verse 20, he says, Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. Glorify Yahweh your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. Hello, is that not the appropriate response? David's perspective is so healthy. And again, I just love that about Paul. His perspective, it's always a God perspective and it's so healthy. Oh, how we need to be reminded that everything comes from him. Wealth and honor come from him. Whatever we give, it came from him. It's his. It's all his. What he loves most is our integrity. What he loves most is a heart that is devoted, that does this willingly, that we don't give to him because we have to begrudgingly. Remember, Paul said that he loves a cheerful giver. But doxology, he exhorts them to move into doxology, which truthfully, I, I can't imagine that he even had to do that. I think if he just says, so now what should we do, folks? And they would have all yelled, let's praise the Lord. And then they would all have bowed down and prostrated themselves before the Lord and before the king, simply because what other response is there now? What else can we do but to break into doxology, to even respond with body movement, right? Bowing down and prostrating That's giving glory to the king, the king, the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen nor can see, to him be honor and might. The king, the Lord God, Yahweh, who's even made them a people at all and then has blessed them so much that they're overflowing with wealth to which they turn around and give it back to the Lord for the making and building of his temple. To which David says, doxology, doxology, we got to praise God, we got to glorify God, we got to bless God, we got to give thanks to God. So I want to return to his doxology. Let's hear it together one more time. Join me, join David as we give doxology to God. Praise, glory be to you, Lord Yahweh. The God of our Father Israel, of our Lord Jesus Christ, from everlasting to everlasting. Why? Yours, O Lord, yours, Yahweh, is the greatness. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. 
Yours, O Yahweh, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You're the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power. And it's from your hands that you exalt and give strength to all. And so, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Father God, we do love you. We do bless you. Thank you again for including us in your story. Thank you that you are growing, building, developing a temple called the church. Lord God, I pray that you would move in our hearts out of the wonder of what you've done. Lord, that it would spill over in the same kind of generosity. In fact, this just reminds me of a passage. It wasn't in my notes, but I feel like the Lord's impressing it on me and I have a few more minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen to this. Again, Paul's saying, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give what they have decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For I, your God, love a cheerful giver. But here again is Paul breaking into one of those moments. And God, God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able to make all grace abound to you, to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In fact, he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. See, here's the amazing thing, is that the more we sow in, the more the Lord gives, so the more we can sow, the more he gives. And he doesn't give it so that we can have more, it's so that we can have more joy in giving it away and blessing others. And then he says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God, breaking in to doxology, giving him thanks and praise. And you know, here it is, one of the big evidences of God's work in our lives is our generosity, recognizing where it all comes from, that we'd have such loose grips on our stuff and so ready and willing to give it away. Because God says, I am able to bless you abundantly, and I do it so that in all times and always, on all occasions, you can abundantly bless others. Wouldn't it be neat that God would feel so confident to be able to bless us so much because he knows that we wouldn't hold on to it? We'd just give it away, give it away, give it away, and it would just cause thanks, 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 praise, 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 glory, glory, glory to God. So, Lord, again, I ask you, work this in our hearts. Work this in our hearts. Help us to spend time with David's doxology. Yours, O Lord. Yours, O Lord. It's all yours. Yours is the glory, the splendor, the majesty, the power, the honor. Yours is the kingdom. You are exalted over all. And all that we have, wealth and honor, it just comes from you. It comes from your hand. Lord, give us that eternal perspective, which again would erupt not only in generosity, but in doxology, giving thanks and praise. Thank you, Father. We love you and bless you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I pray that this series has been a joy to you as much as it's been a joy to me. God bless you and have a great rest of the day.